I'm famous FBI informant Deep Throat, and welcome to this week's Legends in Review. I, uh... So, the thing about our opening bits is I, I don't tell Ari what I'm going to say before we do them. <laughs> what does Richard Nixon have to do with this episode? When is Richard Nixon going to be on Legends of Tomorrow? Holy shit. No, wait, pay, Deep Throat... No, hold on. I would pay so much money for a Watergate episode of Legends because I really want to see them try to be topical and political about this and just and just be like oh you from your lips to cthulhu's ears that's fair um so fun fact about me is that i i guess i'm getting over when i get over an illness um my voice starts to go and when my voice goes that's how i know the illness is leaving my body because it's like my sinuses have all drained into my throat and a fun fact about Deep Throat, Deep Throat was like a dude, right? Yep. But there's also a famous porn movie that like changed the genre of porn, right? Well, that was, that was what they called Deep him. That they called him after the film. The film came before Deep Throat. Oh. Throat. It was supposed to be kind of like a disparaging sort of nickname. Oh. At first, like this idea of, you know, what's to be really funny. funny is if we had like this FBI then, informant talking or like being using like a, the, the press called him Deep Throat. I also love that because, because, do they assume that's what your voice sounds like after sucking all that dick? Um, I guess. I mean, like, I, I, I've never seen the porn film. Well, I guess Nathan Hay was about to find out. Yeah. It's Legends in Review! <laughs> I gotta say, um, I have never actually seen the film, and I'm wondering if it's in the Library of Congress, because I don't think they put porn in the Library of Congress usually, but given that this kind of sort of technically has ties to Watergate, I feel like... Imagine being the porn star that's in the Library of Congress. Like, they... I would put that on my business card. First of all, um, actresses that are in pornography films deserve better. The shit they have to go through because it's such a violent industry. And, like, there are a lot of women and a lot of trans women out there... Doing sort of indie doing, porn, doing and that's indie a good porn. thing. And indie porn is a good thing, guys. Sex work is not sex work is not the problem. Exploitation in the industry because we think it's too icky to kind of get involved in or regulate as a society is the problem. All okay, right. so so enough about porn stars. Let's talk about Nazis. Two fun hot topics for a podcast. Okay, two fun hot topics. Okay, so Ari and I have been fed up with the crossover. Fed up with the crossover. You've heard us sort of discuss it and talk about. Our creeping dread for it. And they tried like, to bait me back with Cisco and Suspenders. And they, they said, did. hey, you're Cisco and Suspenders. And I said, no, because you're putting front all right. and center and on all And we actually had a full-on argument about the use of Suspenders at dinner. But that's not the point. That's definitely not the point. So Ari and I have decided instead that we're just not going to watch the crossover. But rather than just not watch the, watching the crossover, we want to invite as many people as possible to not only not watch the crossover, but to not give it your time, energy, hashtags. Just pretend like it's not happening. There's a whole song in The Simpsons that I will proudly play as people are coming into the Twitch room where they have him sing Just Don't Look because if you look at the giant monsters, they get more powerful. But if you don't look at them and you don't give them any attention, they go away. Now, this is not indicative of American politics, but it is indicative of television. Of television. If we just pretend like we don't care, they're not going to be able to tell the difference. And here's the thing about hate-watching something is... The executives and the people in charge of whether or not these shows get made or these plot lines continue to happen, they don't give a shit if you're hate watching or you're for real watching. All they care about is that you put your eyes on the screen. So, we are trying to take your eyes away from the screen. And onto our screen. So we will be hosting an event. It is going to be a Twitch live stream called No More Nazis. It is going to be a 
I'm looking at my flyer that I made for it that I'm going to post just so that Beautiful. you don't have to just go off us talking. Because my, um, my auditory process yes. is shit. Okay, so first night, same night as the crossover, Monday, November 27th, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Second night, Tuesday, November 28th, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. The Twitch channel, which I will be posting on um, my Tumblr, is go.twitch.tv backslash cinnamon mancer c-i-n-n-a-m-o-n m as in mary a-n-s-e-r that's um hawk girl's yes, name I, in the old west but again adorable. that will be on my tumblr so we're gonna be posting a survey pretty soon just because we know the game that we're mostly gonna be playing is persona 5 so if you want to come watch i have i'm, I'm gonna be really bad at it i'm a huge jrpg fan I have never actually played Persona. I've never had the right systems or been able to get the games, but I am definitely going to be very competent. But if you don't know this about the Persona series, it is notoriously difficult by JRPG standards. So you We're are going to watch play it Rachel. On easy, right? oh, yeah, because this is a stream, not a. Okay. This, but I'm. It, it's going to be really fun watching Rachel play a JRPG. Um, and, and we really want to see you guys come and hang out and talk to us about it if you know anything about Persona. Um, there will be a chat room open, like, of course, because it's Twitch. And then we might not play Persona for the, because it's a four-hour yeah, thing. Yeah. We might play Persona, like, one hour and then do, like, an hour of just, like, talking to you guys, giving advice, watching having slumber party talks, yeah, watching, watching YouTube videos. Like, that's what the survey is going to be for. Like, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to play the same game? Do you want us to play different games? If like, you have any recommendations, please let us know. Only um, thing about recommendations is um, I can't play first-person games. Right. Because I get horribly motion sick. Um, somebody actually suggested Wolfenstein because it's a killing Nazis yes. game. And I was like, is it first person? They're like, not only is it first person, it's notorious for motion sickness. And I was yeah. like, I'm sorry. Well, the problem is, is a lot of modern video games, yeah. for whatever fucking reason, I've decided to go cinematic and give everything a okay. motion blur. That, that's but, something we, and that's something we might discuss. Yes, I, sorry. Um, during No More Nazis. So the hashtag, and we're going to mention this next week in the podcast as well, just to remind everyone, the hashtag is No More Nazis. So we're hoping that instead of watching the crossover, um, talking about it, using the words Arrow, Supergirl, whatever, giving that attention, that instead you live blog and interact with our content and use our hashtag. And that takes social media buzz yep. away from them. And as someone who works in that sphere, that's huge. Yes. Speaking from a communications perspective, even when you talk about it, they look at the Twitter mentions of the show. They don't really look at the context. So you can talk about how shitty and awful this crossover is, all they're going to see is that, you know, that your account mentioned the word arrow 27 times. Um, you can also use the hashtag for any anti-Nazi good stuff that you can find or want to discuss. Um, as long as it's about no more Nazis and getting rid of Nazis, I think it's fair to say yeah. post it. Um, and also uh, no elicities. No elicities. Um, but they're, they're all going to be watching because there's a wedding. Uh, I, I cannot believe like, I cannot believe that I have to go back to Newburyport, which is a six-hour drive, buy the three hundred dollars Knights Templar store, drive all the way up to Vancouver, and just just death drop in on this wedding set and be like, "Hi, I'm here to kill Oliver Queen." Um, the good news is that Newburyport is actually only five hours away. Okay, so that does cut that that does save me a ton on travel time. Um, <laughs> but we really want you guys to come out. Um, this is going to be so much fun. I'm really excited to play Persona. I'm really excited to do a, a Twitch live stream. All right. Um, uh, no more Nazis. It's going to be great. 
Um, Tell everyone, all your friends. We'll... Everyone is invited except Stephen Amell and Melissa Bebo. Yes. Um, and Nick Zano, if you want to come debate with me about Bruce Springsteen and or Bon Jovi, now's the fucking time. Square up. Um, okay. Congrats. Um, oh, while we're here talking about celebrities, congrats to Carlos Valdez for getting on People's Sexiest Men of the Year Awards. Yeah, they said sexy at any age. And he's only 28. He's, he's, he's 28. See, that's three years older than I am. The point of the matter is, is even though the guy who won, who might as well have been a paper bag with a face scrawled on it, for all that I am aware of his existence, might have been sarcastically heterosexual, but Carlos got on the list, so clearly somebody uh, came and clucked for me. Thank you, um, and congratulations, Carlos. Uh, you're beautiful. Um, so, on to the actual episode, which was really good. Yes, let's go on to this episode. This week's episode is called... Inside Helen Hunt. Allegedly Inside <laughs> Helen Hunt. Now, here's the thing, is that GCTV does these, like, little insides, mm-hmm. which Legends has not had for two weeks. I don't know if they forgot. I don't know if their intern quit. I don't know if Phil Klemmer is on fire. Yeah. And thus cannot record a behind-the-scenes commentary. But what's going on is that because they have... Um, names as episode titles, you keep getting shit like Inside, Zari. So this week it would have been... Hi, I'm 12, and that's the funniest fucking thing. Inside, Helen Hunt. And Helen Hunt, she can't sue us, because we put allegedly there. Yes. But she should sue Phil Clemmer. Is Helen, is Helen Hunt still alive? Of course she's still alive. She was in Twister with Bill Paxton. She's not that old. Oh, is that... Is that, is that, is that is now, I need you guys to know that Twister is the greatest and only film that's ever been invented. I don't know of any other movie. It stars the love of my life, the late Bill Paxton. God rest his You're, soul. Why are you crossing your? It's a sign of respect. I don't mean that, but I thought you didn't like our pagan holidays, and that's fair and valid. I'm, I mean, I don't, but I'm showing a pagan sign of pagan respect. I don't fucking. I it's more about the comedy I'm, of the gesture, even though the listener cannot see me. That's fair. I feel funnier doing. That's fair. I respect you. I respect your identity. Um. Helen Hunt is a real person, um, and I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't know, well, because they wanted to do a Helen Hunt as, like, a Helen of Troy Hunt, but I- Also, we could not afford, afford Helen That's Hunt. what I mean, I'm like, you couldn't even have her, you couldn't have had her even cameo, but I'm like, no, of course they couldn't, they don't have the money. Um, See, okay, so, speaking of money, can I just mention the terrible CGI effects on Firestorm Stein? Okay, well that, um, when they go in the Hollywood land sign and they land the Wave Rider, that was horrible. That was- phenomenally bad um just fucking I Eleanor's loved, powers were bad they don't well cause I what 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 is she oh god she does like Azula firebending or, no she's a she's a she's a, she was using fire at some point no because Nick shot fire at her and then Ray shot his laser at her and she can sort of grab them both because that's just magic which that's really poorly defined magic you know what that's clearly the least of our problems here <laughs> um they don't have a lot of money and they're doing their best um, I think the we were story. we were griping a little bit about how Damien Dark's like time time clock stoppers powers. <laughs> I just physically retreated into my own. Body. I saw that in theaters. I don't know why. I did also see. Well, because when you're little, I don't think there must not have been anything else out at the time. And I was like, I want to go see a movie, and so I guess we went and saw that. I I, I went with my dad, and I think this is why he hates me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did I correct my dad? There's so many movies that my dad. Took us to see. But your dad also has terrible taste. No, but like, like, he hated so many of them. I think I bullied my dad into taking me to see all of the Pokemon movies that were in theaters, which was right up until um, Pokemon Forever. 
Um, after that, they started getting released direct to DVD in America. My point is, is there is a reason my parents resent me, and it's probably because of that. My, have we been on topic at all this entire? How many minutes no. into this um, are we? No, we have not. Um, going to what the fuck were we talking about? Movies, clock stoppers, Damien Dark, shitty power. I hate him so much. We're gonna get into that later. In any case, we were talking about how that was like super low budget and kind of silly. I was like, this is the dumbest. For, like, if you know a simple counter freezing spell. Like, it's baby magic. It really is. And then someone just said to me, they're like, no, it's cheap magic. And I was like, shit. <laughs> and like, yeah, it is. It's very cheap. <laughs> right. And I appreciate that. I still really wish they would just commit to doing a model of the Wave Rider and doing some scale model photography. For fuck's Phil, sake. please, God. It takes, it, we'll build it ourselves. My dad I, will make it yes, for you, Philip. Yes, straight up. It's not a hard design. I'm, I'm, uh, as a practical effects enthusiast, I'm begging you on my hands and fucking knees. Enough with the CGI. You can't afford it. It looks so bad. Um, you are going to have to start actually lighting friends on fire. Yes. Here's, here's the thing is, I know we've been griping. This episode was just phenomenal. It was so good on so it many levels. so Can good. I so we're ragging on it for like silly things. We're ragging you, on it. For the same reasons, because, like, I actually want to go into a few things, and one of them is actually this week, about how I don't actually hate Phil Clemmer. Yeah, no, he's, he's, but, he's doing but his best. But we're going to get into that later. Phil Clemmer, I'm a listener. Yeah, I know. Phil, I don't worry. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I mean, like, I know I call him a hobgoblin, but, like, what's a hobgoblin when your co-workers are those, like, are fucking blood flies? Those horrible giant flies from Fallout. Ugh, the blood shoot. bugs. The blood horrible. Bugs. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck is a hobgoblin when your coworkers are blood bugs? Yeah, that's fair. Oh, uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, they're the worst things in the world. Yeah, I've the, the bugs and Fallout. And I've always like had bugs. a problem with fly faces, and then when you use bats, it's just directly on their horrible uh-huh. fly faces, and they're hard to hit. And I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> you should make these things easier to kill because the uh, the Todd Howard of Phil Clemmers, Todd Howard. <laughs> Todd Howard, if you are listening to this podcast, you son of a bitch, make the hitbox and the fucking bugs bigger. I didn't even mind the Cazadores in New Vegas because Please they were just Please put wasps. little falcon hoods on all the flies so I don't have to look at their horrible faces. Please stop putting insects in games. I love bugs. Stop putting them in games. Todd, please. This is my you. direct plea. All right. No, um, talk to your, um, I assume, blood sibling? Yes. Um, Full blood sibling. Todd Howard. Your doppelganger. Twin. Your doppelganger. <laughs> Kill you your double. The you from another dimension that is somehow living on this earth at the same time as you. Todd Howard. Phil, please. I know you're listening. Um, so you want to talk about... I want to be really shady. Can I be a shady bitch for a second? So let's talk about girl power episodes. Because the thing about girl power episodes is they're usually done super disingenuously and really, really poorly. It's almost like they're trying to have people be like, this is Miss Sandry. Like, they deliberately go out of their way to antagonize male characters in a way where I'm like, can you not? Because this isn't helping. And, like, I know Lauren Faust says she regrets the um, Straw Feminist episode of the Powerpuff Girls. Yes, I remember watching that as a kid and going, this was fucking stupid. And I couldn't put my finger on First of all, because she's a great, and, like, I think if Lauren Faust wrote it now, she'd be like, no, this woman is amazing. And she's going to kill men that like horses. No reason. I, I know you say that. I was involved with the Friendship is Magic discourse from day one. And she was initially like, they're great. Everyone's welcome. And they started drawing her horse version Every of herself. Every time we peel back a layer of your backstory, it becomes even more horrifying. I, and I, I know most of your backstory, I've been so in I'm some, telling the listener just I've so they know what to expect. 
here's the thing is I had been in a lot of furry adjacent fandoms for one reason or another. This is what happens when you start. I've been playing Pokemon for 20 years. So I think it's, I, ha- I have, I'm 20, I'm 23. I started playing when I was three years old. So I everybody really listening to this podcast, by the way, who now knows our ages are like, my God, they're fucking the oldest people on the planet. Yeah. Earth. We, and you're right. Yeah. And you're right. Um, I'm the oldest I am person. Ageless. I'm the oldest person on this earth and I'm 25 years old. I am, um, ageless, immortal, um, my point being that um, Lauren Faust has always kind of had the attitude of girl power to a point. Like that kind of, remember like when Emma Watson did that UN campaign where she was yes. like, I want men to be feminists. And I'm like, I, maybe can we let black women be feminists in the public sphere before we try to get men involved? No. Emma okay. Watson doesn't understand what no, that means. She's no. a Susan B. Anthony. Yeah. And that's the thing. Is Emma Watson is the sort of person who would unironically go robbing banks for Susan B. Anthony coins. Um, you know why I, I mentioned Susan B. Anthony, though, right? Because she said... Because she's a fucking racist? Yes. Yes. Specifically. Susan B. Anthony's a fucking racist. Uh-huh. And that is the sort of thing where when it comes to feminine... And, like, listen, I, I respect Lauren Faust for a lot of the work she does. I understand that animation is such an aggressively male-dominated industry. I could do an entire podcast about this. I will at some point because I know far too much about this fucking industry not to but I will never quite I can never see her in a perfect feminist light because I don't think she can be even if she has it's how certain female creators whose names I won't mention started out as very hardcore feminists and then got hired by bigger companies where they had to toe the line lest they risk being outed. And I think it's pretty fucked up that women have to toe the line on how feminist they are in public, but men can sexually harass all of the women at a company for literally decades and not get fired. Weird how that happens. Yes, okay, so then let's go into a few more things contextually with this yes. girl power episode. Yes. So, it's like, we just brought up the power It happens a lot in superhero episodes. It happens shows. a lot in superhero shows. I'm going to be, the thing I wanted to be fucking shady as shit about is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to speak the beast by name. I have spoke the beast's name and I revoke it. It has no power in my home. It has no power over me. Now, here is what I realized they did differently from the Lorelei episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No one got raped to prove the point. Well, number one, no one got raped. That's a big one. That's, that's a pretty big and fucking... two, what girl power episodes always do is they have a, here is a woman you are not supposed to be. Here is the woman that is wrong. Usually because she's too sexy. Se- sexy. She's too seductive. And Helena Troy would have been, it was, you can see where they would have fallen into that. Yes. Because having her be super appealing to men mm-hmm. and have her being a seductress, a siren of some kind, it would have been so easy to make that left turn. And all that have they immediately bring up Helen and the first thing that is said about her is Zari goes, it's not her fault. Men always fight wars. And that's how you know this was going to be a motherfucking good episode. Yep. And it was written by two women on the staff. I know one of them is a woman of color. I'm not entirely sure because I checked. Um, I looked at both of their Twitter because I was like, oh, I want to see if both of these writers mm-hmm. were women. They are. I was so happy. Yes. I'm so happy also that like. It's weird how much of a difference that makes. When, huh? when they went to go write a girl power episode, they said our two women are going to handle. Yes. If they I have more than, that. I'm sure they ha- I hope they have more than two women. Mm. But it's, I mean, when I look at the Legends of Tomorrow writing staff, I think they have more women Relatively, than any other. Yeah. More diverse. So let's talk for a second about what's been happening with DC this week. Because we all know. We've all been seeing it. We all know the accusations against Andrew Kreisberg. Oh, I thought you were talking about comics in general. I was like, yeah, the whole thing with Berganza and yes. uh, 
Berganza, and we know what's been happening. And Ari and I have mentioned certain things on this podcast before about behavior certain people have faced on this show mm-hmm. and certain people who are perpetuating it. And, and but we're not, and that's the thing is like Andrew Kreisberg is a monster. Mark Guggenheim confirmed by several writers on Twitter to be a monster. And this if you don't think that's enough, saying, this is not even me saying allegedly. Their tweets are out there. Yep. So they're the ones who should be saying allegedly because I'm not actually insinuating anything. That's how the law works. And Legends Writing Room, which is headed by Phil Klemmer, mm-hmm. is the only writer's room that released a statement that explicitly said that Kreisberg went after members of their staff. Yep. And that can mean anyone from crew members to actresses to interns to, to interns literally to writers. Anyone. They are... And like, and that's that is putting things. your ass on the line. That is putting your ass on the line. And that's one of those things where I say, you know, I know I give Phil a hard time. He is the only person with a writer's room that is doing shit like mm-hmm. this and that is standing up. He might not have been actively, vocally, constantly against the problem. And that is a problem. We, we, we discussed yes. this. And we said, yes, I think I personally... I'm believe, not giving him a carte blanche. Yes, I'm not giving him carte blanche. I'm not saying that he's the perfect feminist hero. I am saying... I am frustrated with the fact that women in pain have to go through this, and other victims, victims of any gender, have to go through so much fucking agony to try to tell people about what happened to them, and you are never sure if someone's going to react well, and I'm grateful that Phil has reacted better than well, and has, you know, has has now um, kind of put himself between his staff mm. and other EPs on the show. That being said... It's very frustrating that it has to be directly brought to his attention mm-hmm. because this sort of stuff is very obvious to the victims in a way that it, I think, shocks us when other people don't see it. But there is a degree of willful blindness that I think mm-hmm. men especially in these sort of environments engage in. That being said, I am very grateful for what he has done now. I hope it means he will be more vigilant in the future. And I am extremely grateful for this episode, which almost sort of serendipitously, uh-huh. is that a word? I know serendipity is a word, is, is the adverb of it, yes. serendipitously? Yes. Came out. Or serendipitously? Something like that. Something like that. Guys, you know what I mean. Came out as was, this is happening. It was like when the Gravity Falls episode about um, the haunted animatronics came out, like, the week after Five Nights at Freddy's or something like crazy like that. Alex Church was like, we did not plan that. That's not how that Sometimes works. Sometimes a man has to steal an animatronic badger to, to say this crazy game called life. Listen, Sometimes I, a man writes a really good feminist, not lets his female staff members write a really good feminist episode, doesn't stick his fingers in it, and something magical happens. You are right. I also want to talk about two things. One, the Chuck E. Cheese near my house got rid of the animatronics, and I walked past. Um, and Please I, tell me they weren't on the sidewalk. No. Um, oh. I absolutely would put a couple in my car. Um, secondly, I would have. those are a piece of history, <laughs> Rachel. Secondly, I you so um, Phil Clummer's absolutely the kind of man I expect to be stealing an animatronic badger to stay in this crazy game called life. He does have that look to him. Yes. 100%. I mean that fondly. Do we? I do. Okay. Um, I can respect someone who would... Those things are fucking heavy, all the hydraulics. Well, maybe then you're not supposed to fucking steal them. I wasn't... If they were putting them out on the sidewalk, I was gonna take one because it's a piece of history and they have the dance floor and what was I... Where was I going with this point about the Chuck E. Cheese anime? I think it says a lot about me as a human being that in the interim between recording, um, we have to take a brief break. Uh, I completely forgot the second point I was going to make, which I insisted to myself was important. 
Uh, but I could remember in crystal clear detail the point I wanted to make about animatronics. No, your second point was that Bill Clemmer would steal animatronic badger. Yes, but there was another thing I had to talk there about. There was like an actual important There was an important happening. point, but it's not, it's, it's not, dead it's now. clearly not important <laughs> if I can't remember it. But, ADD culture. Um, I did really love this episode, and it wasn't planned. TV TV episodes take a long time to kind yes, of pitch and write and put this together. In the summer. Yes. So it just so happens to have come out at a pretty convenient uh, time. I actually kind of want to say, and like, here's the thing: Legends of Tomorrow, not a perfect show. No, not even no. fucking close to a perfect show. Not from a perfect company. Not from a perfect family of television shows. Nope. Mostly just pretty okay when it comes to this stuff. But this episode was time. special. This episode was special, and I want to say something about season one of Legends, which sometimes gets flack. And season one of Legends, I love deeply and with all yeah, my heart. I honestly like and it. And it more kind than of pisses two. me off when it gets flack because the main point of season one of Legends of Tomorrow is that Kendra Saunders gets to kill her rapist and have a happy ending. And everyone else gets on board with that. And one of the good things that Legends has done is that in season one, um, everyone I, protects her. Everyone protects Kendra. I think it takes up until episode two when he stabs Carter to realize that she's in danger. Yes. But once Carter dies and they realize Kendra is their responsibility as a team and that the person after her is, is willing to kill her, is willing to kill her, is, is not just her killer, but her rapist. Mm -hmm. They are all immediately like. Nick and Len explicitly protected her more than once. We're like the two people in charge of protecting her i think in episode 14 um yes. and that says a lot that is something where the show is trying to say even the characters who are ex-cons are looking after kendra and making sure that she's safe from her rapist and it was one of those things where never in season one of legends does anyone say well kendra maybe you did this to vandal savage and that's why it's bad never does someone say the person who suggests using kendra as bait is Kendra, and she does it because she wants to prove something to herself. Mm -hmm. But, and, like, even then, Ray is so worried for her safety. And, and he is, is not really... being seen as, like, over the top, and he also manages to strike that balance between... I know some people, rightfully, because Mark Guggenheim was using him as a self-insert, were like, Ray was kind of a stalker towards Felicity and Arrow because Mark Guggenheim was using him as yeah, a but can you look at his, insert. Can you look at but, the comparison? But then I am, because that's the thing, is then look at how Ray treats Kendra on a show that treats Ray well, where he manages to strike this balance between being rightfully worried without coming across as patronizingly overprotective. You can call Ray on Arrow whatever the fuck you want. He has never once blamed any addict yeah. for being an addict. The bar he never is that fucked low. that addict's sister and told her that it's her fault for being so mentally fucking ill that he did. Yeah. I mean, listen, the bar is really that low, guys. Um, with that said, this was something that was really unique about season one, along with the found family stuff, along with actually the pretty decent handling of mental illness. I and mean, I was nervous going into season one of Legends mm -hmm. because Mark Guggenheim, and I have the quote, you can send me and ask for it. I will provide it for you. Says that it's romantic, mm -hmm. that Vandal Savage is constantly chasing Kendra, that he doesn't want to kill if her. If she would just give him a chance, she would fall in love with him. But it's so tragic. And I think it's so interesting that in season one, I was actually thinking about this, they do give Vandal a line where he says to Ray, she did remember who I was and she fell in love with me. And instead of being like, oh, I see your perspective, Ray goes, that's disgusting. You're a rapist. That was really unique. For a show that from day one had its problems, that is something I have never seen 
someone who would look to that kind of media and want this sort of storyline. Mm-hmm. I have never once seen a story about a woman or anyone mm-hmm. being protected from sexual violence in a way that didn't feel patronizing and didn't feel like an excuse to go on a roaring rampage of revenge. Because there have been a lot of points in film and TV and whatever where a woman usually gets horribly raped and it's a male character's catalyst for going on a killing spree. But this wasn't that. This was them protecting her from the threat of being raped in this incarnation and abused and hurt and killed. And... Doing so in a way that didn't feel like they were patronizing her or didn't respect her or thought that she was an object to be kept away from Vandal Savage. They were worried about her safety in a way that came across as really genuine. And knowing now after the Legends Room released that letter Mm -hmm. about what has been happening at DCTV, their plotline with Kendra is fully intentional. Yes. It was fully making a point. Not Especially just to us as viewers, but to the the guy TV who can went on public record saying, I think it would be really nice if she fell in love with her rapist, guys. And there was something about Helen's ending specifically that felt to me a bit like a love letter to the actress that left the show. And also just Kendra as a character. Just Kendra left. as a character. It felt like both a love letter to Sierra and to Kendra. I didn't and see them that saying, as much, but I understand be, why like, you did. You deserve to be happy and safe. Um, I did, I did not think of that immediately when you pointed it out. I can see why. Um, I think for me, the ending, I know it's very weird to discuss the ending in the beginning of the podcast. So oh, we're not at the beginning. We're 30 minutes. In. We really haven't talked about anything in the actual show. Um, but I, we were making jokes as we were live tweeting about, oh, wow, it would be so amazing if, um, Helen, you know, just stayed on the ship and was in love with all of the women or please, I was like, please God, let Helen and Troy be into women. And we were joking about it. And, th- and I at least thought it wasn't really going to happen mm-hmm. because I really didn't think they would go that far. And then Zari does something I have never seen on a time travel show. She changes history. It does not apparently, I mean, it might still, but she says, doesn't seem like it's going to affect anything. The war still goes on as planned. She changes history and she takes Helen somewhere safe. And I actually talked briefly um, recently about what Themyscira means to me personally, despite being non-binary, as a refuge from men. And that is to bring Helen of Troy there after um, seeing how afraid she was of men and how resentful she was of men that fought over her and saying, you're safe here and you deserve to be here. And changing history and not having it bite you in the ass and mm-hmm. doing it for something good was so I thought, amazing. Yeah, Ari, because we were watching it together last night, Ari turned to me and said, oh, are they dropping her off at the Isle of Lesbos? Which is what the mascara is based yeah. off of. But I think it was really nice that they did go the fictional route because it is DC. Yeah, I And I'm literally that. just imagining Helen on this beach just sort of standing there. And all the Amazons are, like, poking out their head because they're like, oh, my God. It's a beautiful woman, everybody. It's Yay! happening. Uh, everybody stay calm. Stay fucking calm. I do love that. I love what that implies. Because that's the thing. is, It's not just that she went to Themyscira. And it's, it's not just a paradise. It is a place where the arc of Helen of Troy this episode was her learning how to fight for herself and stand up for herself and defend herself. 
and now she's going to be an Amazon. And that is the coolest fucking thing. That was so legitimately amazing. I was beyond happy with that resolution. It was it, so yes, good. It was so good, but it also wasn't even just Zahari, Amaya, and Sarah looking down on her like, oh, you can't protect yourself. Nope. You can't fight. It was protect her. Mm-hmm. And if she cannot, because they are protecting. Amaya still gives her a knife and says, and this is what says, you need to use. Amaya says, listen, I need to go do this. Try it. Yep. You might like it. And I appreciated that. I appreciated that. Because that's the thing, is expecting a woman to immediately, especially a woman who would have been in Helen of Choice's hypothetical situation, to immediately start being an ass-kicking, girl power, kind of strong female character TM yes. would be silly. But watching her growth in a way that felt very, or- it was just very organic. It wasn't like she immediately yeah. knew how to do kung fu fighting action skills. She stabbed Kwasa yes. in a way that was like, okay, you got the jump on her because she was shocked and wasn't expecting you, which is good. But she also, her her mini arc through the episode was so focused on her realizing this is what she wanted to do. And you could tell that she had awakened a sort of drive in herself to yes. be this person. And that meant that she was going to be more powerful from then on out. Yes. But it felt I'm just very genuine. It wasn't like it a turnaround into an immediate like actually had this huge we had this discussion because because Sarah is a bisexual character, mm-hmm. the women on Legends then and the characters on Legends I think by default mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that this is not baiting and I'm not saying that this attitude sort of keeps you from actually confirming more bi lesbian gay characters, Philip, but there is more of a vibe on Legends that you're like, okay, well, sapphic things could happen. Because they, cause sometimes they do. Sarah kisses girls. Like, she's sort of the dashing Captain Kirk of the whole thing. Yes. She's the romantic hero. So it does make you feel like a girl power episode that allowed sapphic love yes. is so important. Because there's the scene when Helen is watching them fight. And she looks like she's falling in love. She looks like she's falling in love. It's the moment for me, I identified it as um, a bisexual yes. woman. I, I, I'm a cis woman, but I'm a bisexual as well. That's not a gender, whatever. Gender is fake. Um, you're, quanti- you're quantifying your sexuality. I appreciate it. Um, um, it is the moment you realize it's okay to love women. Yes. Of all kinds. And this is the sort of thing where I can understand why somebody would be like, I'm really glad Helen of Troy is a lesbian. And I think that's also, like, totally fair and yes. open to interpretation. But for us as bisexual people, I think for me it was very much this, even if you are sexually attracted or romantically attracted to men, that is not always a pleasant experience. Oh, so God. having, and I mean that in a very serious way and also, yes. like, a comedic way, but also... Yeah. It, I know, I understand it, fully it, what you sorry, mean. Sorry, I know, I, I sorry. Yes. Um, so it's the sort of thing where I guess for me personally, it was very powerful to see a woman realize that love for women can be healing and powerful, um, regardless of what her orientation might actually be, but romantic love for women saved her life, basically, like literally. Um, and that was so good. That was so powerful and just wonderful and I was waiting there were points where I was like and here's where they can make a left turn into this was good but territory well, and they never, never did they it never did I mean the one just... thing I know we wanted like because Helen like bewitching men the thing about that is I think part of that might just be because of it never being directly explained but you could argue that this I I am fond of an interpretation that yes, she is Ari's not interpretation is brilliant she is not actually a 
demigod with powers relating to romance, but a demigod with powers relating to inciting aggression and violence. And because she is so beautiful and feminine, nobody realizes that she's not inciting men to war because they love her. She's inciting men to war because that's just what her powers as a demigoddess are. And I thought that would be very interesting in a way that mm -hmm. the show just... Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily... On the show, yeah, it's like, the sort of thing where it was, uh, it, it wasn't perfect yeah. because we always, and that's the thing is it was, I think, a little weird to me that they never said, why isn't Sarah being affected because she's sexually interested in women, but, but you can almost see it as them saying the way, and like, and this is why it's great that they had female writers, the way that women, all kinds of women, love women, sexual, yes. all kinds of women, and you know who I'm fucking addressing when I say all kinds of women, I know who's out there trying to fucking undermine that, is different. Yes. Which is also very, Ari and I both- again, Because we've talked about this yeah. because in terms of like, I know a lot of non-male people who are attracted to women can sometimes feel dirty or perverse for looking at women and finding them sexually attractive or beautiful. Um, there's almost this fear of being seen as a pervert or like yeah. dirty and like there's this subconscious fear of and it might even come from a place of you're like I don't want to make another woman feel uncomfortable because I am familiar with situations yes. I don't want to make another woman feel like how I felt when I've been sexually harassed but your attraction to women is not bad or dirty or wrong mm -hmm. and that's very important Can but I, it's very different for me I actually want to give Cis an example men. Um, I have had just like these beautiful girls in my life. One of them was in my sculpture class. One of them works at the, um, we work space I work at. And I told her recently, I said, you are so beautiful. Seeing you like makes me happy. And she was like, oh, that's so sweet. And then I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, did I go too far with that? Was I invading her space? And like every single day, she's so nice to me. She's always asking me how I am. And, like, another woman telling you, because, like, if a woman said to me, you're really beautiful to I me. I would and really, still be talking about it. It would, it would change my life. Katrina Law once said I had beautiful lips, and I almost killed myself. It's true. I um, watched it happen. I, it was, I watched it happen I, live. And that's what I mean. Reader, <laughs> I was there. When a woman, when a woman says nice things about you, um, at least in my experience, mm -hmm. and I think in a lot of other people's experiences, it is so wholesome and so good and it's and but like, there yeah, is also this makes fear. me happy every yes. day because now we're friends yes and it's like it i know you might be afraid if you are into women and you are not a man and you want to express that um i know it can be hard and i know it can be scary and that doesn't mean you have to approach every woman you find beautiful and try to chat her up but i promise you being kind and you mm -hmm. being complimentary and you calling a woman beautiful the odds are very high that they are really going to appreciate and it. Please here's don't think another of very important thing about this Helen episode. And I will tell you this, and as you know, I'm the oldest person on the planet Earth. <laughs> People always say to me, Rachel, how do you do it? How do you have that confidence? And I say, I've been, beautiful. I've been in therapy for 10 years, and the medication <laughs> is where, please, please do not go off your medication. Do not. I promise, like, please don't. I know we all make jokes about medication because we're all kind of like, so much I am so happy to be on medication. The person I am without it is not someone I want to be. And it's also not and who that's you not, really that's are. And that's not who you really are. It's basically, um, Tim, TM, has <laughs> um, ulcerative colitis. He takes um, medication for his colon so that it, the antibodies in his colon don't attack the rest of his body um, because 
they're I don't know. Sometimes bodies are pieces bodies of shit. Are gar- bodies are garbage and they're fake. I cannot wait until we are all uploaded onto a virtual reality simulator. Yeah. Except it's not going to be sorted taking, out online. I refuse. I would rather live in a flesh prison. For your brain is the same exact thing as taking medication for any other part of your body. And that is the best piece. Like, don't make You wouldn't, you wouldn't, I mean. You wouldn't illegally download a pizza. Yes, but I don't, if you don't think of someone taking Advil as, like, you took the pain away when your shoulders were sore, so that makes you a different person than you were with the pain, (laughs) then you taking antidepressant doesn't make you non-your natural self. Do be careful with ibuprofen, though, because they do hurt the lining of your stomach. Yes, be careful. And, like, I understand that if you are a person who gets a period, cramps are hell, and, like, it's kind of six in one, half a dozen in the other. Talk to your doctor. Um, milk. Milk is very helpful. If and you bananas. Are having milk and bananas. If you're a person who gets a period. Anyway, that's not the point. Yes. The point Sorry is, to turn into the medical advice. I about. became a happier, more confident person when I stopped seeing other women as competition because we are taught as, like, as people who are socialized as women. Ari is not a woman. I am. We are taught as people who are socialized as women that other women are our competition, and they're catty, and we have to bring them... I have an intern who is 15 years old, and she has told me, she's like, I know they tell me girls are catty, but they're not. And I said, they only... T- men make that up because they want... It's easier for them if women are pitted against each other. Yep. You are a... As a woman, or as a person who is... Who is going to be in female, women, yeah, adjacent spaces. Or if you are in female adjacent spaces, any kind of woman... All kinds of women. You are a happier person when you start viewing all kinds of other women as your allies, as your compatriots. And a lot of the time, women look to me for guidance and advice because I don't judge them because I'm not here to put them down. Mm -hmm. Because when they realize I am a woman as well who is here to uplift them, they are inspired by that. It matters. And that's, I think, what happened with, like, Helen. And, like, it was so important to me that Zari mentioned that Sarah trains every single day. Yes. That there's that commitment. I think think that really inspired her. And, I mean, here's the thing about Helen. I mean... Oh, I just have the saddest thought, which is that I remember Sarah told Kendra, Warrior trains every day, and then Kendra... Hey, why don't you go fuck yourself? Hey, guys, not to be an asshole, how do you think uh, Helen felt when her wife, Antio, hey, OP, uh, died? Do you take constructive criticism? No, never. Um, I've never taken constructive criticism in my life, and um, I don't plan to start now. Uh, this is the sort of thing to me where what I appreciated about, as someone who is interested in mythology, um, and also just Greek history, and just history in general, um, sorry I'm a piece of shit nerd about everything, but... Helen was the lone female figure in the Iliad and the Odyssey and, and the epics of the Trojan War and all that shit. There are really not a lot of women involved in that story. Um, there are mothers and there are daughters and none of them interact with Helen. There are goddesses who kind of use Helen as a pawn, but Helen is very much on her own. And she is isolated, and she is lonely, and she is the Dulcinea of the story, thousands of years before Dulcinea was a thing, but she didn't have any other women in her life, and this is well, very much kind you of... remember her in, in the Iliad, she does yell at Aphrodite, and Aphrodite is like, well, it's not my fault that you just want to fuck Paris all the time, 
But girl, yes, it is. Uh, yeah. No, it is exactly your fault. You did that. It is but It is 100% your Helen, fault. Helen is very much someone who is alone. Um, you know, because she's in, interacting with Aphrodite yes. is, that's, that, that's not quite, I wouldn't really call that a female friendship. She doesn't really have anyone on her side because she's largely a plot device. And it was really the nice to see times her. They said, This is not your fault. Yes, it was, was so, so good. good. It was so good. Because we saw, and that was the other thing is again, they could have done something like what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did with Lorelei, where Helen was actively manipulating and pitting men against each other with her sexy succubus powers. Um, and then she would have. I don't know, rapes Ray or Mick or somebody with her sexy siren powers. And it would have been funny haha, and Sarah would have been mad at one of them for sleeping with her, and it would have been credits roll. Um, it would have been bad. I think it's really. But, I love that Helen loves Ray. Because, well, first of all, she likes Ray because even though she. Ray was not. Ray is not a violent man. Ray is so tender. Ray is someone who is just. Generally... Even when he was talking to her, he was like, no, I'm just talking. Like, he really. He did not. Like he, he was he was a little bit fussy, he but his little... arm stayed still. Like he yeah. was not violent about it. What was really interesting to me about it, and we mentioned this, Mick Rory is hyper hypersensitive to whenever something is happening to his head. Yes, he would have to be as someone who is mentally ill and pretty heavily autistic coded. When and his then, brain changes, and he's then was also brainwashed for an unspecified amount of time yes. by the Time Masters. He is acutely aware of anything mind-related. Yep. So if he felt any kind of grip that Helen was having on him, his immediate instinct, and, like, this is one of those things where you use pain to distract yourself yes. from illusions. Yes. Would have been like, okay, well, my other instinct is to punch, so I'm guessing I'm gonna do yes. that because that was will trying to me. violently shut down the situation because... He's, he hates being controlled. Yes, it wasn't. It was lashing out as a response to being controlled. Oh, I want to mention another wonderful part about this girl power episode. Um, hold on, because I wanted yes. to. Fin- um, because the thing about Helen is that when this happens, when that fight happens, when all yeah. the other fights about her happen, she is horrified. She does not enjoy or want to have men doing this around her because the show is smart enough to realize something that I don't see a lot mm-hmm. of other episodes of anything or books of anything or films of anything realize is that women and non-male people who get this sort of attention from men are oftentimes very uncomfortable with that sort of lavishing over the top adoration yeah when it turns to because because yeah. as this as this episode pointed out it so quickly turns to violence and Helen having been acutely aware of that as a result of her, her history and upbringing was horrified and afraid because I think there's this idea of if men are lavishing this much adoration on me, it doesn't take much for that to turn to violence. And when it turns to violence, it might turn to violence against me. And that is hella nuanced. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I also love that this episode didn't just focus on the Legends ladies. It also gave credit to... Hedy Lamar! Hedy Lamar. And what I actually loved is that Martin in Jackson... Okay, well, first of all, I know we haven't talked about the body swap at all. It was hysterical. Um, it was... Because, like, there's nothing really to say except Italian chef kissing the finger. I truly love that you could tell that Victor and Franz were trying to imitate not just each other's voices, but each other's, like, cadence and the way that they deliver their lines My and thing speak. about this body swap is that everybody was just kind of like, oh, you swap bodies? Okay. Like, there was no concern. Everybody about, like, thought it was hysterical. Ha- there was no concern about how they were going to switch back. There was no concern about, like, oh, my God. Everybody was just like, yeah, this is normal. Yeah. It seems fine. They're, they they had bigger they had bigger fish to fry. Um, But he was not really interested in Helen. He was kind of solely focused on Hedy Lamar. 
And what I think that sort of says is that, like, any, like a true love... Yes. Something that's stronger but than But also magic. something that is pure and platonic. Something that is pure and good. Yes. And also, because his love for Hetty was so good, if your thing about Helen is true, mm-hmm. that she makes people prone to aggression... Yep. There was no aggression And there's no feelings. aggression because he's too busy being focused on his happiness for Hetty. I am so happy they didn't episode dedicate it to the brilliance of Hedy Lamar. They explicitly called her instrumental. Instrumental. But the Wave Rider did not work without her. It was not just enough that they did a girl power episode that didn't slut shame anyone, that was about sapphic love, that ended with the island of fame mascara. Hedy fucking Lamar is the reason the Wave Rider runs. Yep. That is incredible. That is so amazing. Like, because they could have done, and they could have focused on any female actress of the times and I'm very happy they focused on a woman who not to knock women who were actresses but the fact that Hedy Lamar was not only an actress but an engineer and just an all-around brilliant woman they highlighted her accomplishments without making it seem like only women who go into STEM professions are worthwhile it was so nice they told her to follow all of her dreams and also, I want to. I want to. On that note, I want to. I want to say that from Hedy Lamar's perspective, a handsome young black man elbowed her his way into her office and shouted love and encouragement at her until she followed her dreams, and it was great. And then an older Jewish guy <laughs> was like, "I'm so in love with that line." And that's the thing is that because she had such a good episode, mm-hmm. her line of "I do prefer older men" and walking off that was hysterical. doesn't come off as like Ugh. it just I, it comes off as like playful. Kind of, it comes off as because she has had a very good episode and has not been tossed around, or you, you're like, oh, okay. It was, like, funny. And, like, that's the thing, is it was, like, a sense of humor in a way that didn't feel, like, nasty. Yes. But also, um, when we're talking because about the fact Jackson that Stein really apparently proud got, of him. Yes. The fact that, apparently, that Stein got a free pass to fuck Hedy Lamar, but Clarissa got a free pass to fuck Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay, so every, and I want in a while. an episode... I need an episode where the gang goes back in time explicitly to have Clarissa fuck her favorite time period of Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't know if it's Van Damme in the 80s. I don't know if it's Van Damme today. I don't really know why it would be. What is she, Richard Gecko? I don't know, but I need her to, I need them to help Clarissa fuck Jean-Claude Van Damme. Please. It's the right thing to do. It's the honorable thing to do. And also, um... Stein and his wife are weirdly kinky. Yeah, I was the show say, just every once up. in a while they bring up some weird because they're both baby boomers. They bring up some weird baby boomer sex shit that the two of them are into, and I'm always like, let's not talk about that. That's that's this <laughs> this seems like something I don't want to discuss. This ever. seems like something Victor Garber would like because he's he's gonna do Hello Dolly. This seems like something Victor Garber would take the end train to my apartment <laughs> and knock on my door and be like, don't do that, please, John. And I'd be like, do you want to come? No. Um, Him looking in. It's a mess in there. Yeah, and then, fuck you, Victor Garber. <laughs> um, I feel like you might be projecting your dad a little bit there, <laughs> but uh, I cannot. I cannot. Jean Claude Van Damme, really? I have absolutely no sexual attraction to Jean Claude Van. Damme. I, but there's a certain thing that when here's men, the problem is when I think of Jean Claude Van Damme, I think of the, the movie he wasn't in. I'm like, oh yeah, he was in Street Fighter, right? He, I don't think he was in Street Fighter. He was in Mortal Kombat, right? But, oh my god, I keep forgetting the... Was Jean-Claude Van Damme in Street Fighter? And I've seen Street Fighter. The one with, the one with, um, Raul Julia in it. Um... Hold on. Siri, please Google if Jean-Claude Van Damme was in Street Fighter. Is it, is it Siri telling us, go fuck yourselves? I can't yeah, he was Guile. Fuck! God damn it, shit! He was 
fucking guile. Oh my god. Was he guile or has guile always been Jean Claude? Because I was about Damme. to say. Well, here's the thing: is I cannot. <laughs> when I see Jean Claude Van Damme in my head, I picture a '80s arcade fighting game sprite and not a real human being. Um, so I think that's about fair. Uh, guile also has one of the most fun themes in all of video games. So if you ever need like a good gym pumped up music, Guile's theme is pretty hardcore. Um, this isn't relevant to the discussion, but my point is, is, um, discussion about I would pay, John Claude Van Damme hour. Here's the thing is legends and the street fighter movie are about on the same levels of overacting. If they, but I like, I know they can't afford to they say cannot, street fighter, they cannot. but if they did an episode like what gravity falls is with the street fighter knockoff, or yes. if they get sucked into the street fighter yes. knockoff, and they all have the terrible outfits. I really want, when Rick was, um, lost his memory and was making the shitty movie version of his team, because yeah. that was the only thing he could really remember of them, I, I need an Ember Island players for this show. I need I someone. I need it so bad. I, now that you've said it out loud, I need it so bad. I need it. All right, Phil, that's on my list for Hanukkah. Please if you don't get, get it from- Jean-Claude Van Damme to star as Ray Palmer. Um, or no, if he's Nate, Nate would be so happy to be played by Jean Oh yeah, Rock so the down. thing about Helen of Troy and our, our thing about how her stuff probably works on people yes. who are male. Yes, we talked before about how, how we had Nate Ken is, on Nate we, as trans. We had Ken on Nate as trans, so I was just kind of imagining him being like, I was into Helen of Troy. Gender validated. It is also interesting to me that, speaking of Nate, Nate's gender, we didn't talk about this last episode, we were focusing on Rip, but there was a point where Sarah was like, Nate, you're gonna go be the vampire bait. And, like, first off, that is such a damselly role in, like, a gender-fucking kind of way. is the Daphne Blake of Legends, yes. and I love it. Because Daphne is also the one who has all those quirky little, like, yes, the little, things. Yep, the little She's not gadgets the to get person. out of things. She's not the math person. She's the gadgets and obscure knowledge person. She's the, she's the guile one, but, um... And no she's the damsel. Intended. Yes, but she is also the cleverest yeah. and the most cunning, despite being the one who gets in trouble the most. That being kind said, it gets you into trouble. Well, yeah, and it gets you out of trouble. But with that being said, I thought it was very interesting that Nate Resort takes on these occasionally feminine roles in a way where when I talk about transcoding of characters, again, I don't think it's deliberate, but I do find it fascinating that there are times where Nate is being put in some very non-masculine mm-hmm. roles in a way that's really engaging and fun. I appreciate it. Nick Zano and or Phil Klemmer, if you confirm trans Nate Haywood, I will mail you five U.S. American dollars and a baked good in a Tupperware container of your choice. That can be a cheesecake. It can be a pie. I will make brownies. Cookies I make of your amazing choice. brownies. Okay? Um, the offer's on the table, boys. But I did love that. I always love that Nate has these little fun little moments. Um, the thing about Nate is also, like, the opening of him with this episode was super ADHD. Oh, actually, speaking of the men in this episode, I liked that, again, they said the men are going to go kind of are grounded from this yes. episode, but they did it in a way that wasn't, like, stupid dumb said, men sit in the corner while us girls fix things. Like, well, cause, also because she said, has, have men gotten any smarter? And they said no, but specifically because she is doing the Trojan horse, and that was so good. Yes. Also she, because... She grounded the three of them. Not Jack, Smartin. They could go do whatever the hell they wanted. Yep. Um, and, and it was fine because um, Ray and Nate and Mick are, are always, and, and Mick and Jack's or some are kind of, they're sort of the trio. Yes. They're the, they're the three stooges. Yes. I'm sure if we run into Shemp or Mo, you give <laughs> them a right thrashing. Like, that's, that is yeah. them. They are, they're very much kind of the golden trio of the, but it is the sort of thing where I appreciated that they were like, the men are going to sit this episode out without having it be like obnoxious in a way that yes. seems almost designed to get male fans angry in a way that then has them visiting hate on women for having this episode. Yes. It was just nice. 
So Damien Dark did kill Laurel Lambs, which is like the horse shit. The deepest horse shit. So fucking But much. they actually did something this episode where Eleanor grabbed Sarah and she says, bye bye birdie, which is something that Elicity's tried to use to mock people when Laurel got killed, which is ridiculous because it's a musical about an Elvis Paragon. My so, theater musical ass, I was literally like, wait, wh- why is she legends, referencing a musical? For legends to take that and use it like that was such a fuck you to them. Yes. It was, and especially in their Girl Power episode. Yes. It was delightful. Uh, musical theater ad- addled brain was like, why is she referencing a musical? Why is this the time? Is this like a reference because we're in Hollywood or something? It was legitimately but like it a was so beautiful. fucking good knowing that context. Um, unfortunately, I have to talk about how much I hate Damien Dark. And it's not in the way that you Although normally I will say, hate. Neil, thank you for keeping your nipples covered this episode. Thank you. Um, and Neil McDonough, apparently wonderful, nice person. This has I love, to do with him. I love that every single time we go into how much we hate Damien, we always preface it when we're like, Neil, Neil McDonough, I know, I don't guy. ever want to, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm not, I don't yeah. want to be mean to the actor. He's, he's, he's doing his job. It's not his fault that his job is playing the shittiest fucking villain of, I literally probably one of the worst films in the DCTV, excluding like one-offs or something like that. The thing about Damien Dark is he is not a villain I hate because you're supposed to hate the villain because they do bad things and you don't want them to succeed and continue to do bad things. I hate him because he is the kind of villain that gets under my skin where if he is not being smug, he is being overpowering. And it is the sort of thing where he goes from being smarmy and obnoxious to being more powerful than everyone else on the show and being able to kind of do whatever the fuck he wants and being so much more powerful than them. And they're not really able to present a real challenge to him because none of them know any magic and none of them can really do anything about him. Read a book. I know. But like, it's the sort of thing where I cannot stand villains like him who are obnoxious and snide and are super OP without any good reason to be so. You have characters like- You know who could have been the villain this season that would have been more interesting than Damien and is far more powerful? My beloved Clarion the Witch Boy. That would have been really fun. Um, but also, you know what? I think Clarion, like, he's a villain straight up in Young Justice, but that's the only time he's really... He's more, like, chaotic neutral. He's more chaotic. I honestly... Clarion would just be fun for the Legends to deal with because he can go any way. And he's a brat, so that'd and be really And he's a brat, fun. and also we know he would fall in love with Ray immediately and be like, I'm going Especially, to... Especially... <laughs> well, because if it's like... If it's like he's like Chibi Usa's age where he's, like, supposed to be, like, 13 or something, he's like, I'm going to marry Ray when I get older and, um... I'm going to age myself up. And Nate, and I I'm going to have a wedding. Nate's like, it's weird how I have to kill the child. But, um... <laughs> that being said, the problem is, is Damien, as a character, does not justify the amount of overpowered hype that his magic yes. gets. This isn't like... When Bill Cipher was more powerful than the... Pines twins, I didn't think of it as like, oh, he's so OP and it's really annoying that I can't do anything to beat him. Because he had the menace and the, I mean, shit, his introductory scene with ripping teeth out of a deer's mouth. He had everything to back it up that he was more powerful than Damien Dark does deer teeth, I'll respect him more. No, I I mean, that's the sort of, I mean, I for one, because he killed Laurel and had no right to be killing Laurel, he's not the sort of character that should be have the right to kill the Black Canary. If you're gonna have her go down and must fight fucking dark side, Fuck you. That being said, um... That's so real. That's so real. That's, fuck your dear chief. Fuck, fuck your dear fuck. chief, Damien Dark. <laughs> that, fuck them. <laughs> fuck you! But it is the sort of thing where he is not the kind of character where nothing about his personality, nothing about his backstory, nothing about anything he does is or says 
justifies the amount of power he holds over this team. I know that they're kind of not mad. Well, versus it's also magic. really stupid to have a magic versus like, and that's why it was so stupid. It immediately to bring becomes him on frustrating Arrow. because why the fuck if your main character isn't John or Z or you have them or come in to Jason deal with him? Blood isn't fucking around. There's so many. That. I'm just listing magic characters because if it's not their show, then why is your villain magic? Yes, if you're not going to try to introduce, magic. or if you're not, and like you know where a magic villain would be good. I'm super gross. Yes, because especially because the, the, the Kryptonians have always had that um, Kryptonians have always had a weakness to magic. That's interesting because they're Kryptonians. These fucking idiots are just fucking idiots. It's not. It, it, because the thing is, a Kryptonian might be weak to magic, but they have the ability to do yeah. pretty much everything fucking else. So it's not really... It, it, it's still a fair and balanced challenge. Also, who the fuck is Damien Dark in the DC mythos? Like, you know who it should have been? So, like, Faust. That would have been nice. L- literally anyone else. I would take... Two children standing on each other's shoulders in a trench coat as the villain. I don't know why he came back. That that is actually a villain. If that's actually who Mallet is. Twin twin boy detectives. Um, I hate him so much. I hate him. He's just boring and unimaginative and frustrating and overpowered in a way that doesn't make you root for the heroes mm-hmm. to beat him. It makes you get angry at how cheap the villain is. And I, I want him news. to leave. I have good news about villains then, Ari. Because here's the thing. Because guess who the villain next week is? Gorilla Grodd. I don't want to. I, I, the Vietnam episode haunts me in my dreams every night. Yeah, okay, know so that. I know we're praising this One episode. Quick thing yeah. is, here would have been a way to salvage the, just me not having to fucking deal with Damien Dark. If you still had um, Eleanor around and doing an Inigo Montoya thing with Sarah, like where you killed my dad, and Sarah's like, I have really bad news about what your dad did to my sister. And then Eleanor's that, like, oh, I guess that counts. And then they have like sexy villain and Sarah tension, and that would have been fucking amazing. I want Brandon Routh to watch Katie Lotz make out with his wife. That's fair. Um, but that being I said... I think Katie Lotz wants Brandon Routh to watch yeah. her Allegedly. make out with his wife. Allegedly. Uh, just Allegedly. in case. But it is... Love I you, Katie. Just, I just wish... I mean, I just wish they just fucking dropped him. It's nice that Neil McDonough is getting work, but God, I hate Damien Dark. You know who's way better? Eobard. I was gonna say... I mean, I not to... Not to I, I have a massive Eobard bias, but he would have been really Matt fun. Matt Leshner, Eobard. I really don't care about Tom Cavanaugh Eobard Oh, all. I forgot. Oh, I didn't mean him. I don't... I, I don't want to remember Tom Cavanaugh exists because this episode of The Flash this week was violence. I, um, I didn't watch it. It was I knowing it exists as violence. You want me to be a shady bitch for a second? Sure. So Ari was like turned to me and was like, "Why did we like? Because you know we are actually like growing in listeners and people are seeming to really enjoy this. So weird. And we're kind of like, okay, but we're just a couple assholes. Uh-huh. But then we see we're dogs like, of the blog. <laughs> dogs of the blog. But then I see that like I think we're the only people out here who are really this critical of media. Because everybody We're else, the only people willing to bully Tom Cavanaugh. Everybody else seems to be like, how fun is this five fucking Harrison Wells episode? I don't want And this. I'm like, if you're the kind of person who, like us, really just kind of gets a thrill from hating things. I don't. I really do. I want things to be good. That's why I'm very happy Legends has been good this season. I don't really enjoy hating things. If you get a thrill from bullying Tom Cavanaugh. <laughs> That's this fair. Is a podcast for you. Also, Tom, if you sue me, I'll see you in fucking court. Tom Cavanaugh seems to be a very nice guy based Listen, on what I've seen in interviews. I just hate here. Wells. Here is your saving grace, Tom Cavanaugh. Carlos loves you. Carlos Valdez loves you. But you're on thin fucking ice. <laughs> you are on. 
I, I think the thing is, is it does kind of, I think it's weird to me that people are like, yeah, I uncritically enjoyed the episode where Wells was hanging out in a wizard people hat. People super sad that HR died instead of Iris. They were like, Iris, HR. I would, I would kill a hundred Tom Cavanaugh's <laughs> to see Iris safe and sound. Like the fictional character and the real person, not for real, but like just, I would, I would, I, I. You know who originally said that quote? Uh, Grant Gaston. That's fair. Um, <laughs> that being said. I am grateful that we can provide um, a bit of criticism and context for yes. things that go on in DCTV. Because here's the thing, is this is this show, this little mini universe is a piece of media like any other. And media has patterns. And it's okay if you don't understand or see the patterns in media because the, they're not explicitly taught to you. And the two of us have just had a lot of education informal and formal about these sort of patterns and how they manifest in narratives mm -hmm. but i am so grateful what that Ari you are willing to listen that, to this yes, what Ari means by that is we did not have a lot of friends in middle school and spent a lot of time watching television Big and moves. on the internet yeah straight up yeah um mm -hmm. and i also read a lot of books on tv theory for fun because you know instead of having friends or going to parties i'm your friend uh, yeah okay so i'm sorry you're right you are my friend i love also, you we went to wait we're going to a party Okay, we go to a party. We go to parties least... like sometimes, but then we just talk about TV while we're there. Yeah, we go to parties and then we all drink beer and we sit around and we, we talk, talk about, about television. But it is. But that's sort of also thing. because our friends are horrible. Yes, it is. It is something important where it's okay if you don't know about this stuff. I am so grateful for any of you listeners still tuning yeah. in that you are keeping your minds open and your ears open to what we have to say. Thank you so much for keeping to lis listening to this podcast. It means a lot. Well, you know, as Zari said, you find your people, even if you don't know you needed them. And that made me cry. Gosh. We're your people. And also, you know what made me cry? Is Han of Troy being dropped off at the mascara even after, as it zoomed out and the statue of PS1 Athena graphics. was the most PS1 I was like, you just should have kept it on the crescent. You didn't Why need to did zoom you? out and show the statue. We didn't have... You could just have said it. We knew it was the mascara. Phil, it's fine. Please. Phil, excuse me, but I'm just so happy she ended up there, like, for real, I think. So, next week's I... episode, I'm filled with nothing but dread oh, and fear. God. And here's the thing is, I'm like, I don't know if there's a creator of the universe and they're messing with my head. Um, I want to know if they think it would be funnier if this episode is actually really good and I have to eat crow, or this episode is going to be fucking horrible. Um, the, I think the answer lies in how much they rely on the Vietnam War or they use it as background dressing. Because the thing that Legends has been doing, especially this season, yes. it's been kind of using the time periods as props um, for costuming. It's basically the time period these characters were in lately has mostly been deciding what kind of costumes they'll wear. Yes. On that note, the costumes in this episode, and I know we're normally hard on them, Holy shit, they were amazing. They were very cute. Katie in that fucking pantsuit with that hair. Zari's golden dress. Uh, Maya's little olive oil gown. That was adorable. Oh, Maya would know who olive oil is. She yes. intentionally probably thought it was that. really cute. Oh my god. Um, it, they all looked stunning. And I know Helen of Troy. Nate tried to make a Popeye joke and she just rolled her eyes fondly? Yes, I think she thought it was adorable. Oh, I'm gonna stab myself in the but, kidney. Um... And also, speaking of beautiful women in this episode, Helen of Troy would not have looked like that. However, no, she would have had I very dark that, hair, dark hair, unibrow, dark skin, complexion, big nose, big like, nose, hardcore, big brown eyes, big brown eyes. They loved brown eyes. They, they honestly, how wide was a term of endearment? Honestly, what Wonder Woman looks like when Phil Jimenez draws her? Yes, 
that's what she should have looked like. But with brown eyes is essentially what Helen of Troy would look like. That being said, I don't know who her actress was. Gorgeous. She She's was still gorgeous. I don't breathtaking. Care. Like I was this like very often I'm sometimes you know like she reminded is, me of what Serena Vander Woodson is described as in the books. Yes. It was the same kind of it was she looked like a she looked she looked like how I imagine Princess Aurora. Like yes. she Oh my god, that's the perfect thing. She honest to go, like holy She looks like fuck. she looked like the kind of blonde lady I wanted to be when I was a small child. Amazing. No, I actually might have blonde hair one day. I've always wanted to be a blonde. I, I might go blonde. That's fair. I'm thinking of going pale purple at some point. For for all you listeners out there, um, I have the prettiest a bunch dark of, hair. I have, I have some, I'm like a mix. I've got some Sephardic Jew in me, so my hair is very dark and very thick. It's amazing. But you can see it in braids. when I got my hair, because it's dark blue, uh-huh. uh, it's an ombre, when they lightened it, the blonde that it was briefly uh-huh. looked really, really good. Nice. And it wasn't even like, a, like I'd never go platinum. That would be impossible. No. But doing like a, and even pink. like a blonde. You would look so pretty. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it, reader, listener. Who are you? Where am I? <laughs> it's the but old age. It's, it's the it's, old age getting <laughs> Okay. Um, but, oh my goodness. What was her point? Helen Truce. Like, I don't always believe when men are like, this is the woman we're going to cast as the woman who's so beautiful men would fight and die for. I'm like, she's gorgeous, but is this what men think of? And then... It's like when they cast Ricky Whittle as Shadow Moon, and we're all like, "Oh, that's oh. why everybody's falling the fuck over." For yeah, I was this like, makes sense. "I was like, yeah, that's actually fair." I might punch a guy uh, to get to talk to this woman. She was stunning. Um, so I think it was good that we ended on a really gay note. Um, the Vietnam episode, for the love of God, don't turn this into a World War One episode all over again because that's why I'm nervous. Because so yes. help me God, if you fuckers World War One episode me again, I will. Kick your asses. Keep Gorilla Broad's relationship with Amaya not weird. Please, I'm literally begging you because it's so... It's going to be real. That'll be real bad. It'll be real bad on a lot of levels that we will have to discuss. Just pretend like if they don't have them interact with each other. I'm literally begging you. Throw a curtain over the gorilla. Yeah. Um, Magilla. Gorilla. If they... Magilla. Gorilla. I think I'm very interested to see if they actually try to make any meaningful commentary TM on the Vietnam War, if they don't and just kind of Jonathan use it as a jumble setting. on his Instagram a Oh, no, I wish I was dead. Um, <laughs> but if they just sort of use it as a jungle warfare kind of backdrop and they don't try to make any historical points, we're probably in the clear, but you better not fuck me on this one, guys. You're going to fuck me on this, aren't you, Philip? Yeah. So on that note... With your horrible bird face. On that note, look forward to next week because this podcast is either going to be really really good it's either gonna be like us like i'm glad we weren't disappointed or us being like remember how we said this whole season was leading up to something horrible we were right so either way we win i guess yeah i mean hey we'll be still be putting this content out there uh from our lips to your ears thank you guys for listening good night okay good night i love you love you